Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. There is a short, cryptic, mysterious passage in our Parsha, near the beginning of our Parsha. And it goes like this. So, the beginning of our Parsha, Yaakov is preparing to meet Esau, his brother, for the first time in over 20 years. He is worried about that meeting. We learned and we discussed before the various preparations that he takes. One of the preparations that he is going to take is to divide his camp into two, a strategic uh, a step so that if, God forbid, there should be an attack on one, then the other will be able to survive, not to keep everyone together, but to divide into two groups. So then the Torah describes Yaakov actually carrying that out. Vayakam Balailahu, and Yaakov got up that night, meaning the night before he was to meet Esau. Vayikach eshte nashav veshte shivchosav ves achadasayuladav. He took his two wives and two maidservants, uh, they were all married to him, and his eleven sons. Vayavor es mavar yabok, and they crossed over the Yabok River. The English translation of Yabok is Jabok. There is, in fact, a Jabok River in um, northeast of Israel, just on the other side of the Jordan River. It's not clear that this is the same river. But there's a lot of discussion about this river. Let's go further. He took these family members and he crossed the river. And he also brought over to the other side of the river the possessions that he had. And Yaakov was, found himself alone on one bank of the river. And a man wrestled with him until the morning. The man is unnamed. <clears throat> Some of our sages say that this man was not actually a human being but a malach, an angel. Some suggest the angel of Esav. In other words, the spiritual force or legacy of Esav versus the spiritual force or legacy of Yaakov. That's one possibility. This idea of crossing the river and wrestling is understood at, in great detail, especially in Kabbalistic sources, as a description of crossing over between life in this world and life in the world to come, what happens after we pass away. There is a very famous mystical book on the subject of death and dying and the afterlife, afterlife called Ma'avar Yabok. 
and there's lots and lots of esoteric discussion about this river, about crossing over, about what the wrestling is, about what's going on here, but it, clearly it's very cryptic, very mysterious, and there's a lot going on. Let's start very, very simple. Just very simple and ask a couple of questions with some very practical outcomes. So just on the layer of the simple text, what was Yaakov doing? So he, as he said, he was dividing his camp into two so that if Esau should come to attack one, the other would be able to survive. Okay. So he's taking half of his stuff from one side of the river to the other side of the river. And he was up to the last load. You know, when you move, you move out the big stuff and you move the small stuff. And at the very end, there are a few little pieces left over. So this uh, um, step was Yaakov was up to moving the last little pieces. And our sages say, why was he alone? Why did he find himself alone and therefore vulnerable to this ish, this described as a man, a person who wrestled with him? I mean, that could not have been a pleasant experience, whatever it means. Our sages say, Shinishtayer al pachim ketanim. Yaakov remained alone in order to gather together the last small, inexpensive utensils to bring them over. So he had moved all the big stuff, he had moved all the important stuff, and the last few little pieces of really insignificant, pachim ketanim means small, insignificant, inexpensive utensils that were left, and he brought them over. So in his last trip, carrying stuff across the river, he was alone, and that's when this wrestling took place. All right. But let me just ask a simple question, just on the level of the text, without getting into the mysticism and the esoteric and the details, simple. Yaakov was a wealthy man. Yaakov had great wealth of uh, herds and possessions. And why did he go back that last little time? I mean, uh, maybe you have moved uh, in your life. So always, when you move, you pack everything up. Always, it's inevitable. There are a few small things it's not worth going back for. You know, a couple of uh, dishes, a couple of uh, glasses to easily replace. It's not worth the effort. Why did Yaakov go back, make another trip specifically for these inexpensive, insignificant utensils? So there are many different answers that are given among the commentaries. I want to share one, and that's the answer that is given by one of our classic commentators, the Kliyakar. The Kliyakar said as follows. At the end of last week's Parsha, we discussed this last week. At the end of last week's Parsha, we learned about the Torah tells us the great dedication that Yaakov had to business ethics, to work ethics. The Torah talks about how hard he worked, how he never ascribed any loss to his employer, to his father-in-law, Lavan. He absorbed the loss. 
He was careful never to take any time away that should have been spent working. Yaakov is a model of proper business ethics, monetary ethics, to be honest, to be fair, to be careful about what is yours, what is mine, not, God forbid, even inadvertently to take something that does not belong to. Says the Kliyakar, there is a holiness in any object that is honestly earned. A person earns something with honesty, with principle, even if its monetary value is small, but its spiritual value is very great. And therefore, even though these pachim ktanim, these inexpensive, insignificant utensils, did not have value in a monetary sense, but they were extremely important to Yaakov, and he did not want to leave even a single one of them, because he had earned them honestly. It's a tremendous lesson. I'll tell you a story. There's a mitzvah in the Torah called Pidyan Haben, redeeming the firstborn. And it's a mitzvah that applies today. Uh, a woman gives birth, and it's the first child that she gives birth to, and it's a baby boy. And there's some other conditions that apply. It's not a Kohen, it's not a Levi. There's a mitzvah that when the baby is 30 days old, after 30 days have passed, that the parents redeem the baby from a Kohen. So the way this works is, <coughs> you have a ceremony, and of course, it's a ceremony that usually is in the middle of a meal. Okay, fine. It's a Jewish ceremony. And there is a Kohen. And the Torah says to take five silver coins. All right, a lot of discussion about how much silver, what the value of the silver is. It actually works out approximately to about, let's say, it depends on the price of silver, but it's something like $120, $150, something in that basic area. But it, it is supposed to be in five silver coins. Okay, it's a whole discussion how to get silver coins today. You know, coins today usually do not have actual silver. Okay, a lot of discussion. Where do you get these five coins from? Okay. So, you, um, the father uh, stands uh, with the Kohen, and the Kohen, there's a script, and the Kohen says, which would you prefer, to redeem your son or not to redeem your son? And the father says, I wish to redeem my son. And the father hands these five silver coins to the Kohen, and with that, the child is redeemed. Okay, it's a mitzvah pi and eben. What does the Kohen do with the coins? He has five silver coins. What does the Kohen do with it? And by the way, and keep in mind, they're not just normal coins today. I mean, they've got to be special with a certain amount of silver. What do you do with the coins? So there is a uh, practice that is really not correct. It happens uh, quite often, but from a halakhic point of view, it's not really the right thing. Um, either the Kohen, after he receives the coins, will give them back to the father afterwards, or the Kohen may say, uh, I'm going to give the coins to Tzedakah. Okay, to give the coins to Tzedakah, you're allowed to do that, because once it comes to the Kohen's possession, it's his, 
He can do with it as he wishes. To give it back is a problem because if, if I give you a gift and there is an understanding that you're going to give it back to me, in Jewish law, it's not so clear that I actually ever gave it to you. A gift is something in order to, to uh, transfer the ownership, it's got to be that I'm giving it to you permanently, not with the idea that I'm going to get it back. Okay, so that's a bit of a problem. But you'll see a different thing happening. Rav Cook, the first Israeli Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Israel. Rav Cook, whenever he was asked to be the Kohen at Apiyin Haben, he would always take the coins, he would not give them to tzedakah, he would use them for his household expenses. Someone once asked him, you know, Rebbe, a lot of times a Kohen will give the money to tzedakah, why are you using it for your everyday mundane expenses? Is that really the, the holiest thing to do with this? It came to you in this religious ceremony. Is that really the most appropriate thing to do? Rav Cook said, No money that I ever earn in my life will be as honestly earned as these five coins. Because the Torah itself commands that the Father gives those coins to me. And therefore, it is a privilege to use that for my regular living expenses because there is no other income that I will have that is as honestly earned. There is a pride, there should be, a pride in objects that we come by with honesty, with integrity, regardless of their monetary value. That's an idea that Yaakov teaches us. Here's a related story. This is a story about the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Radin, the great Torah leader of the early 1900s. His son tells this story. One time it happened that his son came to him. It was a Wednesday. Like today, it was a Wednesday. And his father said to him, My son, I want you to come with me. We have to go do something. His father, the Chavetz Chaim, got dressed up in his Shabbos clothes. Now that was very unusual. First of all, uh, the Chavetz Chaim was very, very poor. And he did have a Shabbos suit and a Shabbos hat. And it was reserved because, you know, it wasn't like he was going to go back to the store and buy another one next year. I mean, that was it. That's all he could afford. And it was extremely unusual that he should put on Shabbos clothes in the middle of the week. But he put on Shabbos clothes. He was freshly uh, um, um, groomed. And he's ready to go, like to a wedding, maybe. And he says to his son, come on, let's go. And they start walking across the town. And they come to a house. And the, and the Chavetz Chaim says to his son, now watch what I'm going to do. And he knocks on the door. And a man answers the door. And the Chavetz Chaim says, I borrowed some money from you. And I have come today to repay the money. And he wanted his son to see how important it was to live up to your obligations, to repay what you owe on time, and that it's a mitzvah, and that he was getting dressed up like it was Shabbos because he was performing this important mitzvah. And his son never forgot the lesson that he learned from his father about how important it is to always keep your word, to be honest, to have upright, 
monetary dealings and to take pride in it. That's what Yaakov teaches us. Yaakov teaches us a very, very practical lesson. Number one, we should act like this. We should be able to say about what we have that it is honestly earned, that it is earned with integrity and truthfulness and belongs to us completely and without any reservation. And then we should take pride in it. And that means that every possession that has come to us with honesty and with integrity according to the laws of the Torah and according to the laws of the place where we live, that's something we should take pride in, that we have earned it honestly. That's why Yaakov went back, even for the insignificant items, because he had pride that he had earned them with integrity. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.